Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. And today, we will be talking about insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that most people are familiar with today, but when most people think of yoga, they think about it in a very limited way. Think about perhaps some exercise or stretching, but actually yoga is a much, much broader system that includes a philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Our topic today is Nurturing Your Child's Spirituality. We're going to be exploring how we can help our children recognize and grow into the rich spiritual life that is their birthright. And I'm joined today by Reverend Elena Conti Fritchley, who serves as Youth and Family Minister at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. Youth spiritual education is offered every Sunday morning and at youth summer camp. Reverend Elena writes a quarterly column, Lighting the Path for Children, for the Enlightenment Journal, which is available on the CSE webpage under Study, Youth, and Family. She also offers classes for parents and teachers in the Youth Spiritual Education Program. Reverend Fritchley is married and has two grown children. She lives in Mountain View, California. You can find out more about her work with the Youth Education Program at csecenter.org. Welcome, Reverend Elena Conti Fritchley. I'm so delighted that you could join me today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you, Laurel. I am too. So before we begin our dialogue about nurturing your children's spirituality, let's start with a yoga moment, a moment of meditation. Oh. And now as we have an opportunity to pause in our day and just become aware of anything that is going on around us. Feel where your body is located in space. Feel the surfaces that it rests on. Close your eyes if you're able and just begin by taking a fully conscious breath. Just really noticing as you inhale And exhale, not trying to change 
the natural rhythm of the breath, but just noticing its flow. Cool air as it enters the nostrils. And warm air flowing out. We take this moment, this yoga moment, we can turn our attention within as we are able. Turn our attention within and just notice. With each inhale, we can dive within. And with each exhale, we can relax. And as we dive within, we become aware of the essence at the core of our being. This essence, this one reality called by many names, is the source and substance of all that is. Right where we are, Right here and right now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone and everything. It's within us, between us, and all around us. Just by being present now, here and now, we can rest in this essence of our being. And as we rest here, we may notice thoughts or feelings. We realize we can watch them as they arise. And as they pass away, we are resting in our essential nature, beyond words or thoughts, beyond sensation, pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from this essence of our being and allow it to pervade our mental field, emotional nature, and physical body. We can abide in this peace and take it with us throughout the rest of our day and share it with all that we meet. Once again, Elena Conti Fritschley, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today with you. So I have really been inspired watching the activities that you have created for children in the Youth Spiritual Education Program at CSE over the last several years. And it struck me that this is a good topic to bring to the Yoga Hour because obviously, you know, there are many ways that children can get a spiritual education um, if uh, their parents uh, belong to a spiritual community. They may attend uh, services regularly, but there are lots of people these days who don't do that. They don't take that time, you know, to go to uh, a spiritual center. And they may have experienced in yoga that they're beginning to uh, get in touch with that peace that I was talking about. They're really looking for ways to share it with their children. So let's start with you, though, in your journey. How did you get interested in children's spiritual education? Well, thank you so much. So for me, um, 
when I was a child, I was very shy and timid and didn't speak out too much. And I found that the spiritual tradition that I was raised in gave me a great sense of comfort and joy and um, serenity, peace, and especially love. I felt a great deal of love in that tradition. And so when my children uh, were born and were I was beginning to raise them, I wanted to provide a um, spiritual home for them that both my husband, who comes from a different tradition, that the two of us could um, raise our children in. And we found that yoga was the tradition that would work for for us, and for me and especially, because I, I truly connect with it. Mm. And I, and I think that's really was the root of, you know, me wanting to have this conversation here on the Yoga Hour. So I think a lot of people have that experience. They begin to, you know, experience a, a lot of spiritual aspects to yoga practice, however they're encountering it. So in terms of spirituality in children, what do you think spirituality provides for children? Mm, the, the spirituality um, the awareness of the goodness or the divine within them is very important for children to understand. Um, in our culture, much of the time we're talking about the outer parts, you know, being a good girl or something, the, the outer, what shows out on the outer, and we don't talk about what's inside them, that what's inside us is constant, and it's it doesn't change if we do something wrong or not. So having a spiritual practice or spiritual tradition gives them um, a grounding, something they can be rooted in, knowing there's good within me, I make mistakes, and that's okay, um, but I'm still a good person, and there's good in the other people as well. Mm-hmm. So it's the spirituality is a place of refuge and safety, and that, that knowingness that goodness is inside everyone, even though we might make mistakes. That's very important for children to know that. Mm. Yes, indeed, and adults as well. As well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what what do you think is the appropriate time uh, to begin to teach children about spirituality? Mm. Well, it's from the very beginning. Children, the minute they're born um, in yoga, we believe this that we are spiritual beings. From the minute we're born, and we're ex- learning how to express in this world. So, and science has now proved that children from birth have the ability to have spiritual experiences, the understanding that we're all connected together into a larger whole. So, but they don't have the ability to cognize it or to put it into words, of course, when they're infants. So, from the very beginning, we can start naming it and start talking about it and start experiencing spirituality with our child. Um, And then as they grow in their abilities to think and talk, then um, we can give them more um, of the teachings. But it's like being a uh, a guide, just like you would take your one-and-a-half, two-year-old down the street and start pointing out, you know, this is a flower, or this is a bug, there's a ladybug. So you would want to point out um, spiritual principles. This is kindness, You're, you know. It's so kind of you to do that when you share with me. So we, uh, then I feel our love connecting. You know, we can start talking about it as from very, very young. Yes, and you touched on, I think, uh, such a great principle, great yoga principle about realizing that we are spiritual beings who are having a human experience, mm-hmm. not human beings who are having a spiritual experience and that that spiritual experience can pervade all of our life every every activity that we do Mm -hmm. yes and so much of our culture we're we're caught up in the humanness so it's very important for parents to point towards that spiritual nature Mm -hmm. Um, 
especially with young children and as they grow up. But the, the, if if we're not pointing it out to them, it it gets um, pruned away that awareness, this spiritual awareness, and then it's a lot harder for adults to get to that place if they haven't um, mm-hmm. had some sort of nurturing of their spirituality uh, in whatever form the family has. So, you know, say that you are a parent of a young child and you're looking for a place to begin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've already mentioned just on your walk, mm-hmm. you know, pointing out, um, you know, uh, spiritual uh, precepts as you mm-hmm. see them in your child. And mm-hmm. um, But do you have any other uh, tips about how to begin Well, it's very important for parents to do their own spiritual work. Your child, they learn far more from what you do than what you say. So if you're spending time with your whatever spiritual tools you have, like meditation or prayer or contemplation, you're spending time and you're experiencing the wholeness of life, the wholeness of who you are, and that is going to be felt and experienced by your child. Um, If you're in your body-mind and you're nitpicking about how the dishes are washed or something like that, that's what's going to be experienced by the child. You So you want to do your own spiritual work and feel your um, expansion of your own awareness to include the wholeness of all of life. Um, then your children will experience that and think, ah, oh, this is a normal way to be. This is a normal state. How do I get there when I'm not there? And um, you can take that, of course, to doing the dishes as well. You can take mm-hmm. that that place. So the first thing is to do your own spiritual work, to give yourself permission to do, to have spiritual experiences. And I've, I've told parents this, and they're going like, what do you mean, give myself permission? Well, mm-hmm. we, we have a long task list that we have to complete before the end of the day. And we forget that we could be doing all of that while being spiritually aware and awake. So just allowing ourselves to take the few minutes in the morning to meditate and maybe um, in the middle of the day to, as a reminder, a short meditation or prayer um, so that all of our life can be a spiritual experience and then our children can come along with us. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the ideal, and of course that doesn't happen because we're all fallible, and um, so we learn how to uh, apologize or how to turn it around and get back back in gear. Mm-hmm. Which is also a message. I mean, that's all you know. As children watch us do that, you know, yeah. that uh, is a great is a great learning as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Then, as I said, the second is to start naming it with your child. So not only to be it, but then to start naming it. And you mentioned kindness, but yoga also has lots of other principles, you know, the yamas and the niyamas that we um, Mm -hmm. practice as part of our yoga practice, taking it off the mat and into our lives. So for Mm -hmm. kindness, I'd say it's part of the ahimsa practice, the harmlessness Mm -hmm. practice. We say harmlessness as um, it's kind of a uh, stating it as uh, something to avoid, avoiding harm. Um, but in a positive sense, it's that kindness, that kindness mm-hmm. practice that you can reinforce for children. And as you said, give them a uh, language to help see it and understand it. Yes. So, so many of the yamas and niyamas do have a lot of those, um, you know, non-stealing. So, or, or like you say, harmlessness. So, kids in our subconscious mind, what they when they hear those words, they make a picture of the harm, and then they cross it out. And it's so much better to say it in the positive form of kindness, or um, in the case of uh, the non-stealing, the stay would be generosity, 
and then mm-hmm. you're telling kids what you want them to do. And then they make the picture of generosity in their mind, and then they're likely to do that one. So um, that's how we teach when we we teach the, the ethical principles found in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. We teach them with a positive word of an image. What would we, what is this one about? Mm. Oh, that's great. So we talked about harmlessness and the positive way of saying that is kindness and mm-hmm. talked about um, non-stealing and the positive um, way of saying that being generosity. So how about some of the other yamas? How about uh, um, right use of vital force? It's kind of a of a mouthful to share with a child. <laughs> well, it, it, right use of vital force, you know, I've tried to translate that one. Fortunately, we've got Star Wars out there, so they kind of know what the force is, you know. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, okay. Because tr- I said, well, right use of energy, and, and some kids will get it that way. Um, mm-hmm. They'll talk about the right use of energy being, you know, whether we turn the electricity off or when we're not in a room, you know, that's the right use use of energy so we can talk about it that way um and of course truthfulness i was going to say is 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 its own positive exactly exactly and then we have uh non-attachment we call letting go Uh so so that's a way okay i want you to let go of your idea as the only right idea out there Uh, or i want you to let go of that extra piece of cake <laughs> you know, so it's kind of, and it's not really I want you to. It's like what, that's what we do in this family, you know, or in our right. community is we share, we let go of the extra piece of cake, and we give it to someone else who needs it. Yeah. So that, that's a sense of non-attachment. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, those are those are great. So um, I know that you work with children of all ages in the youth spiritual education. So can you give an example of how you would approach teaching the same spiritual principle to children at different ages? So with children of all ages, and even, I have to tell you, with the adult community, when they see it, they, they absolutely love it, is I try to do some sort of project that is uh, that brings the teachings out. So recently, I'll make an, uh, an example, is we've been making these soul light jars uh, or soul light candles. We take a jam jar and cover the outside of the jar with tissue paper and decorations and bling and that represented the different coverings of the soul in the the koshas of the yoga teachings the body energy mind intellect and um, bliss covering and then we put a tea light on the inside of the jar and that represents the the light of the soul Mm-hmm. Our, our self, our higher true self. And um, so this is a model of the, the koshas and the, the self for the kids. So having something tangible is important for kids of all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then with the youngest children, we'll talk about that, but we'll sing songs about the you know, this little light of mine is a perfect one for this lesson. And right. Yeah, it's perfect. And we'll read very simple stories about people shining their light out into the world and mm-hmm. um, talk about how they might shine their light out into the world and what kinds, with um, slightly older children, that 7 to 12, you can start saying, okay, what, what kinds of things... Um, help you, I mean, make it so that your light gets turned off and it's not shining into the world. And yeah, when I'm angry and mad at someone and I'm just holding on to my resentments, you know, then my light's really dimming. And then talk about that in the outer coverings. Or if I'm sick, you know, the body's not well, then can't shine my light out into the world. And with the little older kids, we actually practice, you know, all right, turn your light down and turn it back up. See if you can actually physically feel it in your body, right? What is the sensation like? How do you know when your light is shining? And you can you can see when people's lights are shining, right? You can look at a person and it's clear 
that that oh my gosh they're radiant or mm-hmm. wow that person is really dark we'd call them and um, and science now shows that people bioluminesce which I love to tell the teens they love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and and so you can learn how to how to turn your light on and how to turn it off, and when would be appropriate. Like with the teens, they're very interested in interactions with their friends. Right, the friendships are number one to the teens, and how do I get along with the the outer world? Um, so we can talk about when is it appropriate and when is it not appropriate, and. How would it be, how would it shine, how would your light shine differently in this situation than that particular situation? So the teaching is the same, and the spiritual principle is the same. It's just with the different cognitive abilities and the different ages, we work in that area that that Mm -hmm. they can comprehend. Oh, such a great example. And I love it for this time of year, this dark time of year, you know, as we um, were recording this in January. And, uh, you know, the days are short, the, you know, dark part of the day is uh, long, you know, starting in, um, you know, late afternoon now. Uh, so it's just a lovely, you know, way to talk about it with the children. And I love the project of the, the jam jars. That's, yeah. uh, that's great. They they love them too, and they get to take them home, and then that lesson continues on in their own home, which is the best part. Yes. Well, with that, we've come to the break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Elena Conti Fritchley, who serves as Youth and Family Minister at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. You can find out more about Elena's work at the website csecenter.org. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore how meditation supports children's spirituality. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. 
We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zender every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. And my guest today is Reverend Elena Conti Fritchley, who serves as Youth and Family Minister at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. So, Elena, in the first segment, you told us about the importance of parents nurturing their children's spiritual development. And now we're going to turn, we're going to start with meditation as part of that nurturing. So there's a, there's a lot that I hear that is around about the benefits of teaching children meditation. It seems like it's, it seems like it's something that's kind of caught on. Uh, some schools are even using meditation in place of detention with positive results. And I know that you, as a scientist, have delved into the research about meditation. So what are some of the scientifically proven benefits of teaching children meditation that we've gained from uh, research studies? Thank you. So the studies um, are showing definitely that a child with a, using the meditation techniques can calm themselves down so that they are less reactive in the moment. And this is much uh, a much nicer way of calming, having that ability to self-soothe rather than having someone tell them, you know, go sit in a corner and calm yourself down. That doesn't work so well, or punitive matters measures don't work as well. So this is, gives the child the ability and the freedom to go calm themselves down, to be less reactive. And when they are calmer, they can actually, they have a greater ability to focus and to concentrate on the material. To, so their learning is enhanced. And they've also recognized that... Um, Student illnesses and absences have decreased as meditation has increased in the schools, which is wonderful. Hmm. And then from yoga prince uh, science, we have know that when the mind is quiet, we can experience our true self. And this is our... Um, the location of the source for our creativity and the strength and kindness and all these wonderful um, qualities that we have within. So when we're quiet on the outside, we can connect with that inner self. self. Hmm. So when you're teaching meditation to kids, do you talk about this kind of thing? You t- tell them about, I mean, I imagine it's the age, but, you know, explain what the benefits are to them or, or maybe talk with them about the benefits that they notice? Um, it, it, like you say, it depends on the age. Certainly not with a four- to six-year-old. We won't necessarily talk about that. We just, we more are more about having the experience of meditation, it, experiencing them and then having them tell us what the benefits are. So this is part of um, true education is we don't necessarily want to tell kids everything, we want to draw out from them the truth of what they know. So we give right. them a meditation experience and then have them explain that to us, What or what happened, you know. Yeah, I was happier. I found more joy. I was peaceful, you know. Wow, I could really use this before a soccer game. And, and it's lovely. I do have, I get parents and grandparents who send pictures of kids before a swim meet or a, a, some sort of athletic event. Their kids are meditating meditating, you know, 10-year-old boys or (laughs) I'm having a quiet moment, mom, you know, (laughs) and they're calming themselves down and finding that inner strength to go out and express out into the world. So I know you do lots of activities in youth spiritual education that support children's experience of meditation. So what, uh, 
why don't you share something with us about that? What kind of activity would you do in, in the um, youth spiritual education that support meditation? Well, first we want to show kids a model of what they're trying to do with their with the meditation practice, and that is to um, settle all of the mind stuff, the vrittis, let that settle down and quiet down, and then they can experience the wholeness of who they are. So we use a, a tool, the mind jar, which all the kids get to make one. It's a little glass jar uh, with water in it and glitter. And um, as they put the glitter in, we explained that the, the clear water is like our clear mind when it's quiet and calm and peaceful. We put the glitter into the jar and have kids name feelings like joy or anger or peace and or frustration. We have them put that glitter in, all of those feelings, and then we will have them name some thoughts. I can't wait till I go to Disneyland. I can't wait till the birthday party. I'm so angry at my best friend. You know, they put their their well, they put their thoughts in, and mm-hmm. then we um, will first. Let's see. Ah, I skipped a step. Before we put the thoughts and feelings in, we look through the jar at each other and say, "Can you see me?" Because when our minds are clear, we can see, you know, the truth of each other. We can see the divine in each other, right? And mm-hmm. we, but when we put our thoughts and our feelings in, we shake them up, and they're all fly, flying around in the jar. We'll look through the jar and ask the kid, "Can you see me?" And they can't, or. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to see through all of your own mind stuff. Just right. like we as adults know, it's hard to <laughs> see our partner when there's a lot of stuff flying around, you know. That's right. So we have to calm ourselves down and let that settle. And then we look through the jar again. And then that's when we do our meditation, breathing practices, calm ourselves down, look through the jar again, see that we can see each other again. So the kids have a model of what we mean by meditation, which is to calm all of that down so that we can see the divine in ourselves and in each other. So that's our first step in um, teaching about meditation. The second is to give them a tool to actually do the calming down. And in yoga practice, we follow the breath many times as the tool to um, allow the mind stuff to settle. And as we focus on one point, um, like the breath, it everything else calms down around it. So um, in order to teach children about breathing, again, we need to use a tangible something to get them to connect with your breath. If you tell a kid breathe, they really won't know what you're talking about because it's so <laughs> right. automatic, you know, it's like, right. you know, yeah. make my heart beat. What, what are you talking about? So we use a, a toy called the Hoberman sphere, which is an expandable and contractible toy. And it's a, um, you have the kids hold it in their hands and expand it open, um, between, you know, hold it between the two hands and expand open. And then they have that feeling of their chest expanding. And they breathe in. And then you contract the toy, and the chest contracts, and they breathe out. And it's very natural for them to connect with the breath by using the toy. Um, then, actually, that's, we have one of those per classroom, and then we make little breath springs that are just a, like a little slinky spring between two bottle caps, and they have them. They get to take those home with them, and they can breathe, you know, breathe in and expand it, and then breathe out. Um, when we in the classroom, we will breathe in unison together, breathing in and breathing out, and having someone say the words "breathe in" and "breathe out." And there's an amazing thing that happens in a classroom when you're just breathing together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an alignment that happens, and everyone just the 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 mind stuff just falls in the whole classroom. Everyone gets peaceful together, 
and mm-hmm. even for those you know minute or two that you're breathing together and the kids will experience it and then you ask them what was that like you know and they go wow that was awesome that was cool yeah. you know i'd never experienced yeah. that before so and that's so great to just again point it out and bring language to that because it is noticeable if you meditate with a group of people you can really notice when you walk in the room and the kind of busyness of just everyone getting settled and then as you meditate there's a whole different energy in the room that's quite noticeable and for kids a lot of what you were saying earlier is helping them find the language helping them pay attention to these experiences that they're having so that they are meaningful that's so, so key for kids and to know, and it gives them permission to have these experiences. You know, it gives them permission to go create those experiences for themselves too, whenever they want to. You know, and um, like I say, before games or just, you know, after school, coming home from school and just saying, I'm taking a time out. And I had one little girl who went and made a cave out of blankets. <laughs> You know, she's in her meditation cave. <laughs> wow. So, that's, I think that's a great, that mind spring. I love the um, visual image of, of um, you know, um, and I'm seeing in my mind this little, you know, tool that kids can use to make it real you know, for mm-hmm. themselves to really, you know, ground so it may be harder to sort through their inner experiences, but everybody, you know, can, as you take a breath in, move your hands apart, you can feel the spring getting bigger. And then as you breathe out, you know, the let the spring come together. So what, what things could parents do at home to encourage their children to meditate? Well, we've made those toys for the children uh, in the classroom. So we can get a little vial jar for a a mind jar and... um, and we've, uh, you can make breath springs. You can use just like a, an origami spring pattern that you can find on the web. It's very easy to make a, an easy breath spring out of two pieces of paper. And um, these toys are reminders for the kids of what they already have and can, and know how to do, and they can do at any time. We've had <laughs> we've had kids have you know five different breath breath springs. One one they keep in their mother's purse whenever they are having a mental breakdown or you know in the <laughs> middle. Of, one they keep in the car. I had a I had a five year old boy who had his mind jar in the car, you know, and he would use it because he'd get nervous before going to school. Right, mm-hmm. and so he didn't. Oh, I'm all nervous. So he'd settle himself down in the car while going to school. So having those tools that are there for them that help them remember um, is very, very valuable for parents. Um, just they can also. There's also wonderful books out now um, about meditation and breathing practice, and a lot from the Buddhist tradition are very much in alignment with the yoga tradition about well, so, meditation. So, so go ahead and uh, share some particular names, because I know, I think it's, um, um, is it Peaceful Piggy Meditates? Yes. Am I remembering that right? Yes, yes. Peaceful Piggy Meditation. Uh, and... Um, so I know that one's great because, um, you know, it, it talks about, uh, I think there's a conflict with, with uh, Piggy and, um, you know, they in the book, the, they work through it yes, <laughs> with meditation there, practice. Right, right. They have a, there's a number of different. It's a little boy and a little girl pig and their mom, and uh, they go through their school day and they run into a bully and one has a broken leg and you know how do you get or one has problems with their homework. So the kids can relate to these different situations because they're having them all the time, and they can say, oh yeah, I could do that to help myself get calmed down and connect with my core, my essence of being. Um, and then express that. There's some other ones. The Steps and Stones is a lovely one about using breath um, to calm your, your energy down and connect with who you really are so you can have a good time with your friends. That's a, another truly beautiful book. Um, 
So I've, I've also um, heard about um, in a classroom using a bell as a as a focal point mm-hmm. and having children listen. Uh, you know, one of the bowl. You know, the little ones are, are really inexpensive. The little bowl ones are some kind of a chime. Just anything that you can ring a single time, you know, just one ring, and then have the child just listen and to indicate maybe raise their hand or whatever when that when they can't when they can no longer hear the sound. They can't hear mm-hmm. the sound anymore. So um, I thought that was a um, something that would be adaptable also to using it at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do that. Um, we I I like to do it where in the classroom. If I have a small class of kids, like five to seven, well, we actually pass the chime around um, to the younger kids, like the four to six year olds. They love it, and then um, teaching them how to chime and having each one have the ability. When they when they can't hear it any longer, I invite them to put their hand on their heart and feel mm. the love in their heart and feel it expanding and filling their body and then filling the room up with love and then pass the chime on to the next one. And I oh. can get a, a group of four-year-olds to do that. You know, if, if you have like four, four, five, four-year-olds, they'll want to go around in the circle a number of times, depending on the kid and depending on the morning. So, but oh, that's great. Be, so you have each one... Um, Strike the strike the med- you know the bell once, but, but, and then the everyone else listens and puts their hand on their heart. As you said, I love that image of letting that love fill your body, and then it's pass it to the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great! Yeah. That's great! Yeah. That's really a, it's a good idea, and it even works with four year olds, huh? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, you know, strike a chime. Are you kidding? <laughs> but we do it in a very special way, you know. So right. there's 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 a kind of boundaries around how we're going to handle this, and so you do do some training, of course, beforehand. But uh, they do love it. Mm. Well, that's great. And I imagine that you actually have seen the positive impact that meditation has on the kids that you're supporting. Can you? share maybe a story about that or something that you've seen about that well um you know as i've said the some kids i get photographs of kids who are doing it before a game one of my favorite stories though is a four-year-old boy um his mom came in and she was ecstatic because he had a brand new baby brother and um, he did not like his baby brother. His baby brother took his mom's time up, and he was angry at his baby brother. And um, he had the mind jar, and he came out to his mother, who was with the baby brother, taking care of him. And he takes the mind jar, and he takes it, and he shakes it violently in front of her face. And he shakes it, shakes it, and says, this is how mad I am. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, and he marches into his bedroom, and he puts his mind jar down, and he sits on his bed, and he calms himself down, and he breathes, and he meditates. And a few minutes later, he comes out of his room, and he says, okay, I'm ready to play now. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing yeah. that he knows how to do that at four years of age. So it's it, it's amazing. And I've had another mom who you know whose uh, child was getting into all sorts of trouble, and he, after six months of coming to our program, he was a much different child, and it was just our normal whatever we were doing, you know, just being in a in that peaceful setting where we do practice meditation and breathing practices with the kids, and we have talk about kindness and generosity and all these positive things that we're going to go out and practice, and he was a different kid in six months. So, well, That's lovely. So one of the other things that we can do with our children is talk about role models and the different qualities that people, that you know, typically famous people, or maybe it's someone in your family, you know, who can be a role model for a certain quality that you're trying to um, highlight for your children. So what are some role models that children can look to for Mm. spiritual inspiration? 
Well, role models are very important because, first of all, the parents are the are a role model for their children, and we want to, and we also want to find other role models outside of the family. I mean, there are role models in the family and outside of the family. So, generally, when I talk about people outside of the family or even inside, we try with the youngest of children to connect them to the childhood of that person of the. The, the person you're talking to. For example, when we talk about Paramahansa Yogananda, a great spiritual teacher from India who brought Kriya Yoga to the United States, we talk about his childhood because the kids can then relate to that. So Yogananda, he loved running and playing basketball. And so the kids can relate to that. But mm-hmm. he and he had brothers and sisters, and sometimes they got into tiffs, and the kids can relate to that. And and he loved meditation, and he had spiritual experiences, and he went out and sought them out. And so the kids are going like, okay, that might be possible for me, <laughs> because mm-hmm. they've already connected to him on these other levels. So we'll talk about Yogananda that way or some of our other teachers in our spiritual tradition like Roy, Eugene Davis, or uh, Yogacharya O'Brien. And also we'll talk to about people who aren't necessarily considered um, spiritual leaders, like uh, who had a strong sense of spirituality, like Wangari Maathai, who started the Million Tree Movement in Kenya. We'll be sharing her story um, this coming Sunday about someone who has access to the core, the essence of their being, and is out there expressing it into the world. So these are what we want the children to do. We'll talk about Mahatma Gandhi, or Albert Einstein, or Harriet Tubman. Um, Mm. Of course, we talked about Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King for um, a couple of Sundays ago, Um, and we talked. We've talked about all all sorts of you know different famous people, and again, trying to find something to connect to in their childhood, and then uh, especially if you can connect, you. not only make them real people to the children, but show where where their passion or their purpose is, you know, starts off in childhood. So um, Jane Goodman, good, uh, good, all, yeah, yeah, Jane Goodall. You know, she as a very young child went and uh, wanted to observe chickens and how they laid their eggs. And she went and sat in a chicken coop absolutely quiet for like four hours or something. I don't know the story. But for a very long time, and they, she had the whole town out looking for her because she didn't tell her parents where she was at. But she Uh-oh. sat so quietly as a, a young four or five-year-old in this chicken coop. Wow. And then she, when the egg was laid, she came out telling her parents and her family all about it. Um, <laughs> so that, that passion was in her. So... These were real people, and things they're interested in their childhood may bloom and to be their expression into the world. Yeah, and that's great to focus on something that the kids can relate to, so something from the person's childhood. Well, unbelievably, Elena, we've come to the end of our conversation. We have just about another minute. So in closing, what words of encouragement or inspiration would you like to leave with our listeners? Mm-hmm. I just I would like parents especially to know that you are enough, you know, that the divine is in you, the divine is in your child, and trusting in that that divine within and all around us is so important. And to give yourself permission to experience life as a spiritual experience, the whole the whole of the life from the the pain of the bills, the washing of the car, the caring for the kids, it is all divine. Um, and then find find ways that you can share with the children through using language, through using uh, 
tangible projects that you make together, you know, whatever you're doing together, name the spiritual qualities of kindness and truthfulness and generosity that we're practicing in the larger community of um, the whole, the wholeness of who we are in the world. Mm, really lovely. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien, and we've been discussing Nurturing Your Child's Spirituality with our special guest, Elena Conti Fritchley. Elena serves as Youth and Family Minister at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. You can find out more about her and her work with the Youth Education Program at the website csecenter.org. Thank you so much, Elena Conti Fritchley, for joining us. Thank you. It was wonderful. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious living in today's world. Again, the website is csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, founder, and director of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers Ann Hayes and Sean Smith, and as always, Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember... You carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. As a society, we're becoming more conscious of our responsibility to the environment. There are precious resources which must be properly managed. Although it is necessary for me to focus on these outer resources, it's equally important to develop my inner spiritual resources. Within every one of us is a wellspring of peace, a power which cannot be overused, yet often remains neglected. Every time I choose to think and act from that peace within, I bless not only my immediate environment, but the entire world as well. Peace is a precious resource that I can serve best by giving it away. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, 
please visit our website at www.unity.org. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 